Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Richard, and I'm the podcast announcer. In his sermon, A Prayer Hearing God, Jonathan Edwards wrote, Hence we may learn how highly we are privileged, in that we have the highest revealed to us who is a God that heareth prayer. The podcast aims to exhort, encourage, and explore how to enjoy that privilege to the utmost. Edwards then also says, A God who delights in mercy and is rich unto all that call upon him. Join Fred as we unpack, as you groovy young people say these days, the nurturing of our growing, biblical, dynamic, and soul-satisfying communion with God Almighty. Welcome to Free Range Preacher on Bear Podcast. This is Fred. I'm the podcast host. It's still a little smoky here around home, so thank you for your patience, and thank you for your listening. I do appreciate it. Today, we are interrupting our teaching episodes. That usually comes out on Tuesdays, and I wanted to do a devotional because a few days ago, as I was struggling with my besetting sins, some of them, I came across Isaiah 12 and 2, and it was a really great comfort for me. Isaiah 12, 1 and 2 says this, Then you will say on that day, I will give thanks to thee, O Lord, for although thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou dost comfort. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. And I actually run across that verse in God's providence as I was going through and praying some of my memory verses. But I found great comfort in that, and I got really excited, and I thought, I really need to share this even for my own sake, to tell you what God has done for my soul. And of course, there's a larger context as well, and we've talked about this a little bit. I think things common for believers, saints, and we know we're saints, but as we desire from our new inner man, our redeemed selves, to overcome our sins, that sometimes we get preoccupied with those besetting sins. And sometimes we may have heard a preacher in the past talk about the fact that sanctification is a sign of our salvation. And it is, but it's only one of those signs. But still, at times, I find myself, at least, with a tinge of wonder when I go to meet Jesus, what I'm going to say. And, and obviously, of course, after I pick myself up from kneeling down, our only plea is, his blood was shed on our behalf, right? And sometimes we forget that and think our only plea is that plus sanctification, and it's really not. And we know, even when we're a little bit bothered by our besetting sins, we know Philippians 1.6, For I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will accomplish it until the day of Christ Jesus. And of course, Philippians 2.13 also gives us comfort, for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work his good pleasure. That's his job. And it's not that we fear for our salvation, but it just gets sometimes plain bothersome. It bothers us that we struggle with our sin. And that was the state I was in a couple of days ago when again I came to Isaiah 1 through 6. And we can see from that verse, I will give, it starts out, then you will say on that day, I will give thanks to thee, O Lord. 
And that day is obviously the day of salvation, whether it's Israel in their ultimate salvation or us in our salvation. The context is salvation. And in that day, when we see God's salvation, we will give thanks. And it harkens back a little bit, doesn't it, to Luke 10, when the disciples go out and they do all these great things and they come back and they're happy and they're rejoicing. And you remember what Jesus tells them. Don't rejoice, you have power over demons. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Therefore, on that day is the day of our salvation. And it's important to keep that in context because we are saved and we know our salvation is eternal. And we will rejoice on that day because of our salvation. We will rejoice. And then the next line says, For although thou wast angry with me, and he was. Remember, in our unsaved state, we were under the wrath of God. That wrath of God that's being stored up in Romans 1, we were under that wrath as well. Paul also says we were at enmity with God. We were enemies of God. And if you are outside of Christ, you are an enemy with God, whether you even consciously know it or not. In Romans 5, he says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. The existential danger that we all faced, and if you're outside of Christ, you still face is not death, earthly death, but eternity without the love of Christ, without the goodness of God in hell, we would say. So we give thanks because he was angry, but then his anger was turned away and it was turned away at the cross. His anger wasn't turned away just because he's, he felt like it. Jesus paid the price. We know that. And at the cross, that's why at the foot of the cross is such a beautiful place to be, because at the cross, his anger was turned away. And again, although thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou dost comfort me. And that's beautiful as well. We are comforted in our salvation. And you see right there in that verse, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, don't you? Judgment and warning from the Father, his wrath turned away at the cross by Jesus Christ, our Savior. and The Holy Spirit is called our comforter. So we have the witness of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we are saved. And we have that great rejoicing. That's the way the Bible puts it, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even though we know God is God, it's a great comfort to know that all of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is on our side and has brought that day of salvation. So he was angry. His anger was turned away at the cross. And then we are comforted. And for our lives, I even began at that moment as I was praying through those verses to feel that comfort because he is our salvation, not us. And his spirit works with our spirit. We know that it witnesses to our spirit. We know as a Christian that we're saved and that we have that relationship with God because his spirit witnesses with our spirit. But then verse two goes on and says, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Even as we're struggling in our sin, I believe that trust is and that fear, that freedom. Fear is not freedom that will be hurt in this life for us. Ultimately, it is freedom from fear of our condemnation. And his spirit works with our spirit. That says in Romans 8, it says that, right? So I am not afraid of future. I rely on him, never me for my salvation. The Bible never says it's us. We respond out of love for him because of what he has done in our obedience and our sanctification. But we never earn God's favor because of those things. What a wonderful, calming witness the Holy Spirit is through these verses. His goodness. No wonder 
I started doing this and I thought, no wonder I have to talk about it now because such peace came over my soul and it didn't end there as far as that peace, as far as that witness. We know he witnesses with our spirit and he witnesses to us in his word. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.26 and 27, the Holy Spirit prays for us. How secure is that? We know he knows what we need, even in our sin, and he prays for us. And then finally, as just that the things just came to mind as I was praying and began rejoicing, even in my struggle against sin, was the thought, and I mentioned this a few days ago, that when we trust in God, we trust in everything, not just some of it. So when you hear a preacher say, we confess our sin continually because we sin continually, that's a truth. But God's salvation is continual as well. As a matter of fact, not only did the Holy Spirit tell us in Romans 8, 1, that there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, and tell us that he was praying for us, but it also says in Romans 8, starting in 26, and in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But here again, the Spirit, the Spirit himself entreats for us, rings too deep for words, as the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, I have to read this one. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I didn't plan on actually reading that section, but we've got to read verse 30. And whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. If you are in Christ, you were predestined before the foundation of the world. You were called by the effective call of the Holy God of the universe on your life. You are justified. We've been justified already. And in the witness of the Holy Spirit, we are already glorified. To us, it's future. To him, it's done. And then, though, this is the witness that really hit my soul hard a few days ago. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring charge against God's elect? That's you and me. God alone is the one who justified. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Just as it is written, we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered, but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, or height, or depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not even, my beloved friends, our besetting sins, even though we struggle. And then the rest of verse 2 says this in Isaiah 12. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. We've covered that. 
For the Lord God is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He's our strength. He's our song. And our song is reflected again in Romans. Romans 11. I love this passage. I know you love this passage too. If you're God, you love this passage as well. This is our song. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. My beloved friends, that's where we are. He is our song. There is grace rejoicing. If you know salvation, this is that day that Isaiah spoke of. This is the day we will give thanks to him. And in our sins, as we repent, like 1 John says, we will give thanks to him again, knowing that he is our salvation. And then lastly, we have run on to this before. This is one of my favorite passages that we will end with. This is one of my favorite passages, and we will end with this. And you've heard it before, but there's just for our souls, when we are in a position that that it's bothersome. Our sin is bothersome to us and we hate it and we love God and we hate the doubt that comes. We come back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24. We're going to modify 25. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. And that's my dedication. He ends that section saying, Brethren, pray for us. And as we have called out before, I will call out again. Brethren, let's pray for one another. Our trust is in him and his effective work on the cross. Let us entrust each other to the mercies of God and to daily faithful prayer. Thank you again for listening.